0: Hello and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that belts out the greatest hits of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're looking at the life and work of Fats Domino, a New Orleans original whose lively rhythms and mellow voice helped Americans find common ground on the dance floor. The day was February 26th, 1928. Legendary musician Antoine Fats Domino Jr. was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. After discovering his passion for music at a young age, Domino helped define the sound of his city and became one of the first and most popular stars of the early rock era. His career spanned five decades producing more than 30 top 40 hits and selling more than 65 million records worldwide. Fats Domino grew up in the Lower Ninth Ward of New Orleans. He was the youngest of eight children born to Antoine Domino Sr., a former plantation worker, and Donatille Gros, a Creole woman from nearby Vacherie. At the age of seven, Domino's life changed forever when one of his sisters married a local jazz musician named Harrison Verrett. The family already had an old upright piano in the house, which Domino had tinkered with on occasion. But when Verrett joined the family, he taught his younger brother-in-law how to play it properly. He also introduced him to the vibrant New Orleans music scene, and by age 10, Domino was already performing in local clubs as a singer and pianist. Four years later, Domino dropped out of high school to focus on his budding music career. He had to work in a bed factory and haul ice to make a living, but at night, he would take to the stage at famous spots like the Hideaway. At the time, most of the songs he played, he had learned from jukeboxes, taking his cues from boogie-woogie piano players and singers like Meade Lux Lewis, Clarence Pine Top Smith, and Louis Jordan. In a 2004 interview, Domino recalled his early inspirations, saying, quote, Back then, I used to play everybody's records, everybody's records who made records. I used to hear them, listen at them five, six, seven, eight times, and I could play it just like the record, because I had a good ear for catching notes. By 1946, Domino was a regular at the hideaway, playing piano in the band of local bassist Billy Diamond. It was Diamond who gave Domino the nickname Fats, a reference both to his weight and to his musical talent, both of which reminded Diamond of other stout piano players of the era, namely Fats Waller and Fats Pichon. Fats Domino became the band's frontman and biggest draw, amassing a sizable following over the next few years. Then, in 1949, band leader and trumpet player Dave Bartholomew caught one of their shows at the hideaway and convinced music executive Lou Chud to sign Domino to his label, Imperial Records. With Bartholomew as his writing partner, Domino cut his first track for Imperial later that year. It was called The Fat Man, based on his nickname, and was a rewrite of an old piano blues song called Junker Blues. The song was reworked to showcase Domino's signature style raucous two-handed piano playing with a sped-up beat, also known as two-fisted barrel house piano with triplets. Take a listen. The Fat Man climbed all the way to number two on the R&B charts and became the first rock and roll record to sell a million copies. It was the first of many successes in the Domino-Bartholomew partnership. The two would go on to write a string of hits in the early 1950s, including Going Home and Going to the River, both of which also sold over a million copies. Domino's distinctive style of piano playing coupled with his smooth baritone voice helped him stand out in the era's crowded field of black R&B singers. Not only that, his embrace of the emerging rock and roll genre also helped him break through to the mainstream, largely white market. His first success in that regard was his 1955 top ten hit, Ain't It a Shame? The song was quickly covered by Pat Boone as Ain't That a Shame? and went to number one on the pop charts. The increased visibility prompted Domino to re-record his song under Boone's title, and it's that version that remains the most popular today. Here's a clip. You made me cry when you said goodbye. you a shame, my tears feel like rain. 1956 proved to be an even bigger year for Fats Domino. He racked up five top 40 hits, including I'm In Love Again, My Blue Heaven, and a cover version of Glenn Miller's Blueberry Hill, which reached number two on the pop charts. The rest of Domino's banner year included appearances in two Hollywood movies, The Girl Can't Help It, and Shake, Rattle, and Rock, as well as performances on major TV variety shows, such as Ed Sullivan. The following year was even busier, with Domino and his band embarking on a grueling 13,000 mile tour across the country. They played more than 350 shows in front of sold-out crowds of both black and white fans. Yet despite Domino's crossover success, he and his band still encountered racist policies wherever they went. They were routinely denied access to hotels and restaurants and were forced to use segregated bathrooms at some of the very venues they were playing. In spite of those indignities, Domino remained one of the top acts in rock and roll for the rest of the decade, cranking out more hit songs like Whole Lotta Loving, I'm Ready, and 1959's I want to walk you home. Take a listen. I want to walk you home.
1: Please let me walk.
0: I was a lucky car. Could walk you right on to That's Domino's last big hit came in 1960 with Walk to New Orleans From that point on his music became less and less commercially popular a process which was greatly hastened by the British invasion of 1964 Ironically Domino's music had inspired many of the artists who took his place. For instance, Ain't That a Shame was the first song John Lennon learned to play on guitar, and he later said very plainly that, quote, There wouldn't have been a Beatles without Fats Domino. Paul McCartney was a big fan as well, and even wrote the piano heavy Beatles song Lady Madonna as a kind of tribute. Domino would later return the gesture by covering the song himself in 1968. His chart-topping days may have been behind him by then, but Domino would continue recording and performing for the next 40 years. By the mid 1990s, he had started to limit his public appearances, preferring to stay close to his lifelong home in New Orleans, where he lived comfortably with his wife Rosemary and their eight children. Domino rarely left his native city in his later years, but he would occasionally play local concerts, such as the famous New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. The musician's private nature even kept him from attending events held in his honor. For example, He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986, received a Lifetime Achievement Grammy in 1987, and was awarded the National Medal of Arts from President Bill Clinton in 1998. But in all of those cases, the musician declined to appear in person. Domino's hesitance to leave his beloved New Orleans got him into a tight spot in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina was bearing down on the city. He refused to evacuate ahead of the storm, as his wife was in poor health at the time and unable to travel. When the hurricane hit, Domino's home in the Lower Ninth Ward was badly flooded, and like many other residents, he lost nearly everything he owned. Because none of Domino's friends could get a hold of him, rumors began to swirl that the musician had died in the hurricane. But thankfully, that turned out not to be the case. And the Coast Guard was able to rescue Domino and his family on September 1st. One year later, he dispelled the rumors of his death by releasing what would be his final studio album, fittingly titled Alive and Kickin'. A portion of the proceeds from its sale went to helping local musicians who had also been impacted by Katrina. Back on his feet, but still avoiding the spotlight as best he could, Fats Domino went on to live for another 11 years. The rock and roll legend died of natural causes on October 24, 2017, at the age of 89. Fats Domino is remembered today as a rock and roll pioneer who helped break down color barriers in American music. The broad, enduring appeal of his music is a legacy he would have been proud of, because as Domino told the LA Times in 1985, quote, I was lucky enough to write songs that carry a good beat, and tell a real story that people could feel was their story, too. Something that old people, or the kids, could both enjoy. I'm Gabe Luzier and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Show. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.